book six chapter seven of the heavenly twins this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the heavenly twins by sarah g chapter seven after her illness evadne spent much of her time in the west window of the drawing-room at as you like it with her little work-table beside her embroidering i never saw her reading and there were no books about the room but the work she did was beautiful she used to have a stand before her with flowers arranged upon it and copy them on to some material in coloured silks direct from nature she could not draw either with pen or pencil or paint with a brush but she could copy with her needle quite accurately and would do a spray of lilies to the life or in the most approved conventional manner if it pleased her her not being able to draw struck me as a curious limitation and i asked her once if she could account for it in any way i believe i am an example of how much we owe to early influences she answered laughing and probably i have the talent both for drawing and painting in me but it remains latent for want of cultivation my mother drew and painted beautifully as a girl but she had given both up before i was old enough to imitate her and only copied flowers as i do with her needle and i used to watch her at work until i felt impelled to do the same if she had gone on with her drawing i am sure i should have drawn too but as it was i never thought of trying moral for mothers i observed keep up your own accomplishments if you would have your daughters shine evadne was not enough in the fresh air at this time and she was too much alone i ventured once in my professional capacity to say that she should have friends to stay with her occasionally but she passed the suggestion off without either accepting or declining it and then i spoke to colonel Cahoon. he however pooh poohed the idea altogether she's all right he said you don't know her she always lives like that it's her way i also counselled regular exercise and to that she replied i do go out why you passed me yourself on the road only the other day i certainly had seen her more than once alone miles away from home walking at the top of her speed as if impelled by some strong emotion or inexorable necessity and i did not like the sign one or two hours walk regularly every day is what you should take i told her the virtue of it is in the regularity if you make a habit of taking a short walk daily you will have got more sunshine and fresh air which is what you specially require in one year than you will in two if you continue to go out in a jerky irregular way and you must give up covering impossible distances in feverish haste as you do now walk gently and make yourself feel that you have full leisure to walk as you like you will find the effect tranquillizing it is a common mistake to make a business of taking exercise i am constantly lecturing my patients about it if you want exercise to raise your spirits brace your nerves and do you good generally it must be all pure pleasure without conscious exertion pleasurable moments prolong life thank you evadne answered gently i know of course that you are right and i will do my best to profit by your advice if it be only to show you how much i appreciate your kindness but i must have a scamper occasionally a regular burst you know please don't stop that 
the indulgence when i am in the mood is my pet vice at present the great drawing-room at as you like it which i mentioned in my letter to lady adeline as containing the one bright spot in that gloomy abode was an addition tacked on to the end of the house and evidently an afterthought it was entered by a flight of shallow steps from the hall and was above the level of the public road which ran close past that end of the house the grounds and approach being on the other side it was lighted by three high narrow windows looking toward the north and three more close together looking west and forming a bay so deep as to be quite a small room in itself it almost overhung the high road only a tall holly hedge being between them but so near that the topmost twigs of the holly grew up to the window-sill it was a quiet road however too far from the town for much traffic and evadne could sit there with the windows open undisturbed and enjoy the long level prospect of fertile land field and follow wood and water that lay before her she sat in the centre window and i think it was from thence that she learnt to appreciate the charms of a level landscape as you looked down upon it about which i heard her discourse so eloquently in after days it was her chosen corner and there she sat silent many and many an hour with busy fingers and thoughts we could not follow communing at times with nature i doubt not or with her own heart and thankful to be still the road beneath her was one i had to traverse regularly and it became a habit to look up as i drove past if she were in her accustomed seat she usually raised her eyes from her work for a moment to smile me a greeting once she was standing up leaning languidly against the window-frame twirling a rose in her fingers but she straightened herself into momentary energy when she recognized me and threw the rose at me with accurate aim it was the youngest and most familiar thing i had known her do an impulse of pure mischief i thought for the rose was la france and the sentiment as i translated it was you will value it more than i do for she hated the french there often occurs and recurs to the mind incessantly a verse or an apt quotation in connection with some act or event a haunting definition of the impression it makes upon us and evadne in the wide west window bending busily over her work set my mind on one occasion to a borrowed measure of words which never failed me from that time forward when i saw her so engaged there she weaves by night and day a magic web of colour gay she has heard a whisper say a curse is on her if she stay to look down to camelot she knows not what the curse may be and so she weaveth steadily and little other care hath she the lady of shalott but where was camelot fountain towers just appearing above the tree-tops to the north was the only human habitation in sight i had a powerful telescope on the highest tower and one day in an idle mood i happened to be looking through it with no definite purpose just sweeping it slowly from point to point of the landscape when all at once evadne came into the field of vision with such startling distinctness that i stepped back from the glass she was sitting in her accustomed place with her work on her lap her hands clasped before her 
leaning forward looking up in my direction with an expression in her whole attitude that appealed to me like a cry for help the impression was so strong that i ordered my dog-cart out and drove over to as you like it at once but i found her perfectly tranquil when i arrived with no trace of recent emotion either in her manner or appearance when i went home i had the telescope removed i had forgotten that we overlooked that corner of as you like it end of book six chapter seven